Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. Fortunately, Amir can't be with us uh, this evening as he's tied up with work, um, so that's why you're hearing me on the intro. Um, and also, Paul can't join us this evening either, but I do have Mo in the house. He's, he's in London at the moment. Brought, brought the sun with you? Oh yeah, Love, loving your sunshine weather right now. Indeed, indeed. It's uh, good to see you at the weekend. A uh, bit of fun drafting, barbecue, some cornhole. Bit of poker. Oh, it was perfect. It's it definitely. Uh, if, if we, I think we also watched a uh, uh, what Super Bowl was it forty? Super Bowl Super forty on the big screen. Uh, some draft day. Uh, we actually had our um, our original league that Paul set up. It's a it's a keeper league, but um, every three years it resets. Um, so we had the draft this Saturday. Mo was in town, uh, giving his sage wisdom to, uh, to the league mates that were drafting. Um, but I think we'll uh, we'll probably cover the, the draft off and some of the key points on that in next week's episode when uh, when Amir is here to defend himself with his no running back strategy. Uh, just a little teaser out there for everyone. Um, but this week we're going to continue with our um, our divisional breakdowns, um, and this week we're going to go to the North, so the AFC and the NFC North. Uh, so let's get into it, Mo, and uh, let's kick off with the Steelers. So uh, obviously, QB wise, big uh, big talking point is Big Ben coming back off the injury last from last year. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna side with the, on the I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, the optimist, <laughs> the ever so optimist, and um, I'm I'm actually hoping he's gonna be one of my sleepers this year. Uh, hoping to possibly uh, well, you know I think I have a list of QBs I tend to you know kind of essentially draft late. Um, in the draft or possibly pick up or stream on the waiver wire. And I think he's one of them. Hoping his uh, Tommy, Tommy Jones little elbow injury went well. Um, uh, surgery went well. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, I, I can't deny the weapons weapons he still has on that team. Uh, I mean, you got great coaching staff. And um, I think he's going to do well, honestly. Do you think um, there's something to be said? Obviously, this is his first real season without AB. And obviously, you know, that, that elite, elite level, you know, the top wide receiver in the game for a number of years. Can you see, you know, AB not being there hurting Ben's numbers? Um, I could a little bit, um, but you know, you go back to you know when he had you know the likes of Randall L and when he had Heinz Ward. You know, he's he's always kind of developed the number one wide receiver out of what he had, and and that's where we're kind of hoping that Juju 
uh, kind of steps in that role and he can kind of, you know, kind of ele- elevate his game to a level that Ben needs him to be. If so, I mean, I think, uh, and, and I think, uh, I think I mentioned to you, you know, in prior conversations, I think Juju's actually a, um, a good, you know, a good, what, third round, fourth round. I've, I've seen him slip in the draft on the draft boards. And I think he's, he's you know, you get to get some elite talent there in the third or fourth round uh, pick there. I, I think um, it's kind of hard to pass up on him. Yeah, I think, I think Juju's the interesting one, obviously, from the, you know, the Steelers have always had very good wide receivers. And I really like Juju as a player. I think you know, he was. I think he was being overdrafted last year off the back of his season two years ago. Yep. You know, um, he obviously had AB there taking away the main coverage, and you know, he performed. Obviously, had Big Ben throwing to him, but you know, did brilliantly two years ago. Fortunately, last year was a combination of injuries to himself, to Big Ben, obviously not having AB there. So it was that kind of perfect storm that um, really hurt him, and you know, obviously left a lot of managers that drafted him early on uh, very disappointed. As you say, I think third or fourth round, that value he's offering there, it reminds me a little bit of like when, when Nuke um, had that season with Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and everyone was down on him. Um, and then obviously he came back and, you know, he's one of the first three wide receivers taken off most boards now. I think, I think Juju, if he play, if he can stay fit and Big Ben, you know, has a good season, you know, I think Juju will be... You know, wide receiver one numbers. So I think from a redraft perspective, he's, he's a very good value there. Dynasty, I think the jury's still a little bit out. You know, obviously there's rumours that the Steelers may not extend him and, you know, he may not be there in a few years. Um, and obviously, you know, if, if Big Ben goes, you know, I don't think Juju necessarily is shown enough that he can take a bad or average QB and elevate his numbers, you know, and there's not many players that can, to be fair. But, you know, like if you look at what Michael Thomas did last year with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he still put up elite numbers. Yep. Um, when Breeze went down, I don't think Juju's quite demonstrated that that yet. Um, but you know, I think you say he could be a nice value there in the third and fourth. What do you think of the uh, the rest of the wide receiving situation there? You know, is it Deontay Johnson the number two there? Is it is it James Washington? Um, I, I think it's going to be Deontay Johnson. Um, I think uh, I think he's a sneaky little pick or flyer wide receiver to have late in the drafts. Uh, I think if you look at all the sleeper, I mean, if you look at all the you know the top rated sleeping sleeper wide receivers out there this year's uh, fantasy draft, I think you see Deontay Johnson's name pop quite a bit, and I think that's more or less uh, attributed to how well he played the last couple games um, last season. Uh, you know, in, in last season, and that was again without you know. Uh, you know, stud of a quarterback, or you know, a, you know, have uh, a solid quarterback play. So I, I honestly think, yeah, he's he's going to be. And again, you have Juju taking up all all the attention there. Uh, you do have that speed that you know that Deontay Johnson may um, uh, um, may you know acquire. You know, kind of kind of he may be more just running. More. The only problem I have with Deontay Johnson, honestly, is I think the route tree. I think because of his speed, and I don't, I don't know if they've utilized him enough or whether he knew the offense well this first year. So I'm kind of kind of intrigued to see if they can develop the route with him uh, this coming year. And on a dynasty perspective, I think he's going to be an awesome pickup, uh, pick especially if Juju does decide to leave. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm of the same view. I, I love Deontay Johnson. I think I've walked away with him in every draft I've been in uh, this oh, summer. Really? Okay. Yeah, he's, he's a guy I've been targeting as a, you know, that sort of second year guy that's going to make the leap. Um, 
as you say, you know, he showed some really good stuff last year with average Q, QB play uh, with Big Ben there, Juju taking away, you know, some of the coverage as well. I can see him making that step. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a guy I really like. Um, they've obviously signed Eric Ebron as well. Um, another weapon for Big Ben there. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good sneaky late round tight end pick as well in a redraft league. Um, I don't, I don't believe, I don't know how much value he'll hold in a, a dynasty perspective, but um, I mean, uh, I think he, I think he's gonna, he's gonna probably fight McDonald, uh, Vance McDonald, for some mm-hmm. snaps. Yeah. But I mean, you, you saw him with uh, the Colts uh, between when it came down to Ebron and Doyle. You know, I think Ebron was always the fantasy leader um, in that room. Yeah, I think he obviously offers a very good sort of red zone threat, right? So he's um, he's got the pedigree. Obviously, he hasn't, you know, he's shown it in fits and starts, but I think the Steelers have generally done quite well with their tight ends. You know, what are your thoughts on Connor? So James, so James Connor, obviously, should be you know, starting as the, the lead back there. My, my only concern with Connor is his injuries, right? So. That line is fantastic. You know, you put, you had Lev Bell there, did very well. James Conner came in, did very well. Benny Snell's done well when he's played in there. They've obviously signed Anthony McFarlane Jr. um, in the rookie draft this year, who I really like talent-wise. They've got Jalen Samuels there. So my worry for James Conner is if he gets injured, one of these guys could really step up and take that job from him because I think there's some talented guys behind him. Anthony McFarlane's the guy I can see, you know, being the next man up talent-wise. Um, oh, I agree. I think um, um, he was always one of my uh, dynasty targets in uh, in uh, you know in a dynasty you know rookie draft or a re- or a startup draft. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I think I think James Conner's the kind of guy that if you're you know in a say in a dynasty league you're a contender, he's a guy that you want on your team. Like if you had him, you wouldn't get rid of him. If you're in a rebuild, he's the kind, exactly the kind of guy you would be looking to move, right? Yep, I agree. The, the injuries that he's had now, uh, the potential guys behind him, you know, you may not get much usage out of him um, after this year. Maybe you know, maybe even throughout the year, you might see him, you know, slide a little bit. But um, yeah, I think that's you know, that's the, the main guys. I think. You know, generally the Steelers have always had a very sort of powerful offense for fantasy football, right? Whether it's the running running game or the receiving game, QB, coaching staff, you know, still for me up there, top of the, you know, top one of some of the top guys in the league. Big Ben's obviously experienced. You know, I, I think they're all going to put up numbers again. It's just, you know, it's the health concerns really. I, I agree. Um, all right, cool. So let's move on to the Bengals. So, uh, a bit of change in tack. So, from obviously a veteran QB in uh, Big Ben, he's been there, done it all, got won the ring, to uh, Joe Burrow, <laughs> Heisman winner, obviously the number one pick in this year's draft. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of Joe Burrow's uh, fantasy outlook this season? From uh, obviously, obviously the clear number one in in Superflex rookie drafts. Uh, but what do you what do you think about Burrow in a, in a in a redraft league? Do you think he has any value or? Um, I think the only thing he has going for him is the fact that Cincinnati is always going to be throwing the ball. Um, unfortunately, but again, on a redraft league, you don't really target rookie 
QBs. I mean, you know, even last year, I mean, you know, I don't think I don't, I don't think anyone really started Daniel Jones, likes of Daniel Jones or um uh shoot, like, you know, Haskins for that matter. I mean, they, they might be decent streamable players, but I don't think in a redraft I'm really drafting him. Um as for uh fantasy league or rookie draft, I think yes. I, I think you have to get a piece of him. Uh he is the top QB coming out uh, of the league uh of of the college. College he put up great numbers. I mean, you know, broke broke records. Uh, I don't I don't know how well it's gonna translate here. Unfortunately, he's he he is he did you know, he he is with the Cincinnati Bengals and you know they haven't really fared well uh of late. But um you know, if the head coach there is Zach Taylor, you know, if if the if the coaching staff there can turn that uh team around, I mean I mean the potential's there. I mean he's got weapons around him right now. You know, you got you know, you got Higgins, Boyd and Green. You got a solid running back if they can kinda kinda sort out Mixon's contract. Uh, you know, the line's getting better. I think they drafted, you know, the, their number one draft pick from last year was injured all last year. So I think, I think, I think, the, I think that they are trying their best to kind of, you know, put, put playmakers and uh, kind of protect uh, the QB. So, I mean, I think the in any dynasty league or any, you know, uh, rookie drafts, um, I, you know, I'm taking him. Uh, in a redraft, though, I mean, he at best he's going to be a stream, streamable QB. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I actually really like you know what what the Bengals showed towards the end of last year. Once you know Zach Taylor coming from from the Rams, you know it's meant to be you know, another offensive minded coach. I think you know putting him in there with um, Joe Joe Burrow under him, you know, should be should be good for for, for the team and for for Burrow. They've obviously you know I, I talked about them adding a. Um, another wide receiver weapon for him, you know, to replace AJ Green. I thought that would have been a really nice move. I said this pre-draft and then they went out and did that in the second round with T Higgins, which I absolutely loved as a move, you know, pairing these two guys. They could be a fantasy gold for, for years to come, you know, together. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what do you think about AJ Green? Obviously, you know, he's still still the, still the top dog there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a tough one. I mean... I mean, in, on a dynasty perspective, I don't think I'm really targeting him, targeting him at all. You know, if he may just happen to fall to me very late in the rounds, you know, I might I might take a fire on him. Uh, redraft, I'm I'm probably staying away, honestly. Um, I think the wide receiver to have on that team is going to be Boyd. I think um, he's you know he he's 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 getting he's getting a lot of snaps under his belt there the last couple of years, and he's he's proven to be you know play really well. Uh, I, th- I think between I think him and I mean again you know rookie draft you're going to aim for T Higgins of course or dynasty leagues, um, uh, but uh, in a redraft I'd, I'm going to probably stay away from a rookie wide receiver so I probably won't be targeting Higgins, in um, and then AJ Green again I he's probably a late round maybe ninth or tenth round flyer possibly I don't even know if he's honestly being drafted in most uh, redraft leagues. Yeah, that's the thing I think AJ Green. Is the kind of guy you, you know, if you're taking him late to fill a bench spot in a redraft league, you know it's a shame that you know this guy going from perennial sort of top five wide receiver pick, you know to to an afterthought now. But you know he's st- if he's if he's healthy, the guy's still you know a dominant wide receiver, you know an, an elite wide receiver. Obviously the injuries are probably going to catch up with him a little bit now. And the thing that worries me is obviously with the rookie quarterback. 
And obviously, he had that sort of rapport with Dalton. It's going to take time to build that with Borough, and obviously, you know, the, the limited off season and like pre season games and stuff. And you know, he's he's probably done there at the end of this season. So, yep. you know, are they really going to invest that sort of time and effort to try to build that, or you know, they're going to focus on okay, getting T Higgins the the experience, you know, so they're ready for next year. I think you're right. Tyler Boyd's the main guy to own there from a wide receiver perspective. Um, but again, Tyler Boyd for me is never going to be a number one wide receiver, right? So he's that sort of wide receiver too. Flex option for me, you know, just a nice sort of a nice guy to have on your team. But I agree. Yep. You know, is he ever going to win you your league? Probably not, but. You know, he's a solid, solid, dependable guy. You know, if you look at his PPR finishes in the last couple of years, 17 and 18, I don't see him finishing much above that again, you know. So, um, so Joe, Joe Mixon's the interesting one, right? So, obviously, yeah. running back, Joe Mixon's always kind of, you know, that you've got your elite guys, Saquon and um, CMC, Zeke, Kamara, Dalvin Cook. And they're the kind of guys that are, you know, they're going to the top of top of drafts. See, Clyde Edwards-Helaire now has kind of put himself into that mix with the Damian Williams opt-out. Joe Mixon's that interesting one that's always being drafted, you know, that's sort of the back end of the first, early second round. He hasn't delivered, you know, and it's, it's, it's coming into his fourth season now, and he's, he's finished his, in PPR, the wide receiver, 30, uh, running back 34 in his rookie season. And the wide uh, running back 10 and the running back 13 last year in PPR scoring, in, in our league settings anyway, at least. Can you see him like, making that jump into that sort of elite top five running back category? Or do you think someone like maybe like a Mars Sanders or a Josh Jacobs has more more upside? <laughs> funny, funny you said that. I was going to ask you whether you would take Jacobs, Miles, or Mixon. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. All I can say, I think this is Mixon's probably best chance to elevate himself to elite uh, running back category. I think you know you have you have you have a you have a solid run, a QB. You have you know the line's only gotten better since he's joined the team. So if there is ever going to be a year or ever ever going to be you know he's gonna he's gonna be in that elite level conversation with the Bengals. It's, it has to be this year, especially with the contract talks and whatnot. Um, you know he is holding out at the moment, I believe, but I think with the new CBA, he's he's gonna show up. I I, I don't think he's gonna be sitting out or anything. Um, him opting out might be very intriguing, but again, doubtful. Uh, but if 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 it's if it's going to be a year, he's going to do it. It's going to be this year. But that's where I, I'm going to kind of ask you: Would you take out of Mixon, Jacobs, or Miles Sanders? Who would you take? Uh, so in PPR, for me, I would still be taking Mixon. I just you know, so I like the way the offense is trending. I mean, I, I really love Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, I think what he showed last year. My worry with him in PPR is obviously they signed Jalen Richard to the deal to keep him there. So that's really, you know, that was the main knock on him from a PPR perspective is that lack of receiving work. And I can see that continuing, unfortunately. And then with Miles Sanders, again, you know, like I think probably package-wise, he's probably got it all, but it's the Eagles. And I'm still not convinced they don't go with a, you know, a, by a committee approach. Now, if, if Sanders can get the, the volume there, then I think he probably jumps to the top of that top of that top of that group. Um, 
But I think, you know, from what I've seen of them use the way they've used Mixon, as you say, man, they've, they've got their their first pick from last year was injured. Um, you know, they've been coming in the left tackle. So, you know, their their line's gonna get better and that's only gonna help him. Uh Joe Burrow coming in as well, you know, I like Andy Dalton, but I think Burrow should be an upgrade as well. Maybe not necessarily straight away, but I think for the team as a whole. So I, I can see that offense really start motoring, and I think Mixon you know, is going to be the main guy there now. Um, so yeah, I think from a, from a redraft perspective, definitely Mixon. Dynasty is probably a little bit closer. I think the contract situation is probably what kind of makes it a little bit, a little bit sketchy, but. Yeah, yeah. I think if you walk away with any one of those guys, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I'll get on board with that. Right, and then obviously tight end. It's a bit of a bit of a wasteland. <laughs> CJ yeah. Azama, Drew Drew Sample, obviously Tyler Eifert left uh, left this season. But any value in the the Bengals tight ends or? Uh, just stay away. Let's let's see if anything develops. Um, yeah. I mean, I would I honestly, even in a dynasty perspective, um, I mean, I guess you can maybe draft Drew Sample as a, you know, the last couple of rounds of your of your, of your draft. But I mean, most likely, I presume most these guys are going to be on on the waiver wire. If anything, yeah. Uh, I mean, CJ's got he's got the, he's you know his upside's limited on the dynasty side. A redraft, I'm 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 staying away from everyone at this point on on the tight end in the, from the tight end room there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, you should be able to pick up these guys late on, um, on on waivers anyway. If you, if you need to stream a tight end for a week, but can't really see them providing much sort of fantasy relevance this year. Uh, all right, so should we move on to the Ravens? Oh, the good old Ravens! Yeah, so the easiest schedule this year. Well, this is the thing, right? So I like, see. Um, We'll start with the main man himself, Lamar Jackson, gracing the cover of Madden. Is he going to suffer the Madden curse? Or, <laughs> uh, you know, is it going to be another MVP-level season for Lamar Jackson? Can you see him replicating from last year? I'm, I'm not sold on him, honestly. I mean, I think teams will figure out how to stop him. His legs did more damage than his arm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I had to say it, but I am not sold on him. Um, on, on a dynasty perspective, for sure. Redraft, I think I'm in my. If you, I mean, you know my philosophy. I'm staying away, even Mahomes or anyone. I'm staying away from QBs till after the eighth or ninth round. Personally, that, that I think that's the strategy I've always lived by. Um, I, I just don't hold QB value in a redraft, a, a QB position that that highly uh, that highly in in a redraft league. Just because I mean, there there are streamable QBs, and then there's always one or two that always pop up on the waiver wire that just you know that, that are always going to do you know. They're always going to have solid play, but I mean, yeah, I mean, for for his ADP, which is what fourth round or first or second QB off the board, um, I don't like it. Uh, Dynasty league, he he hasn't proven to me yet that he can th- he can throw the ball, um, you know, as well as a, a franchise QB should. So I guess the thing is, right? So if you look on a, a superflex, you know, our superflex IDP startup. Uh, you guys took Patrick Mahomes number one overall, correct? And then it was CMC, Saquon, and then Lamar Jackson went at number four. And then obviously there was a few other QBs went in the first round. One, from what you're saying, yeah, you think that that's you know 
going number four overall and the second QB off the board in a, in a dynasty league is too early? Uh, in my opinion, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 again, I'm not sold on him. I, I would prefer someone like a Watt, Deshaun Watson over him at the moment. Right. Okay. Or, I, I would take Kyle Murray actually. Mm. Yeah. The thing, the thing for me, Lamar Jackson is, he had, yeah, he showed tangible improvement in in his throwing, you know, from his first year to his second year. Obviously, his main thing is 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 his rushing ability, you know, especially in like four point per passing touchdown leagues. You know, this guy, this guy's money, but. Yeah, the, the sheer yardage this guy's putting up and then the rushing touchdowns and, you know, it's the offense is tailored to his strengths, right? It wasn't even in the first year. They, you know, they're really running a lot. And you know, now they've added J.K. Dobbins as well, so they can really run those RPOs that, you know, he was used to in college and stuff as well. It was, it was a stacked offense. You know, these guys put up numbers. I can still see him, you know, being the top QB this season. Um you know, for me, I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be drafting him that early um, in a dynasty league, personally. I think, you know, with, you know, he's, he rushes so often that the injury risk is really yep. there. Yep. That, that's, the, that's the thing that concerns me from him from a dynasty perspective. But from a redraft league, you know, I think in a four-point per passing touchdown league, I'd probably still be taking him ahead of Mahomes. I could see that. I could see that. I think. I think when it comes to redraft, though, I honestly just I'm always been a late uh, mm-hmm. quarterback drafter, so um, I'm the, probably the worst person to ask for that. Uh, what, what round would you draft him in? Third, fourth? Yeah, look, if, if, if he. So well, this is the thing. In our, in our ten team league, obviously that we were drafting at the weekend, I had the fourth overall pick. If he was sitting there at three four. I'd have taken him. Like a ten-team league, you know, there's enough, there's enough stuff you can kind of refill, okay. backfill. Um, in a twelve-team league, probably, you know, probably, probably round four. But you know, the fact that he went in the first round, see, Pat Mahomes went uh, third overall, <laughs> and this, this is, um, you know, one QB league. It was, I don't think it's very indicative of, uh, you know, where things will be going in, in other leagues. But um, yeah, so I was surprised, obviously, that. They went that early, but um, right. So then, let's go on to their running game. Obviously, so the natural sort of progression from Jackson and his rushing ability. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. What do you think of uh, their value this year? You know, Ingram so, and Dobbins probably the main guys. Yeah, I think dynasty dynasty wise, I think I think we discussed this. I think Dobbins is the guy you want to target. And then ideally you want to hopefully pick up Ingram down the road. And, you know, I think having both of those with COVID and all, that that should be our ideal strategy. In a redraft, oh, man. Um, did you, I think last, I think, uh, uh, was it was it the offensive coordinator or Harborough that said that they're going to, they're, they're, they're looking at a running back by community to start off, start off the year. Um, I mean, you know, I guess granted coaches always say that. But, I mean, Justice Hill, Justice Hill is an intriguing option still. Gus Edwards, I mean, you know, he's done well here and there. Uh, I think Mark Ingram is still going to be the running back um, on that team. I think Dobbins is going to take a couple, you know, you know, maybe maybe half a year, you know, six games to possibly kind of develop into the running back you'd probably expect him to be. Uh, but sheer talent-wise, I mean, it's it's Dobbins based on his youth. Um, Ingram, I think, is still going to be the lead carrier there. Uh, so I mean, again, we kind of you can kind of if you're gonna 
my, my what I would do with this is if you're going to draft one of them, I think you have to draft the other. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think this is one situation where you have to get the handcuffs. If you get Dobbins, I believe da- Dobbins is being drafted before uh, Ingram is. And if you get Dobbins, ideally you want to get Ingram at some point. Yeah, so I, mean, I can see a situation, you know, like what happened with Nick Chubb a few years ago, where, you know, first half of the season didn't really do anything. And then when he got the opportunity, you know, the guy took it and ran with it. And, you know, for me, J.K. Dobbins is actually my favorite running back of this class. Um, absolutely love him, you know, watching what he can do. And I think that offense for him is a perfect fit and uh, the way they're going to scheme it. And, you know, see with Jackson's threat on the run as well. I think, as you say, from a dynasty perspective, J.K. Dobbins, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got um, C.E.H. and Taylor probably going one, two, or, you know, whatever order you want to take them, probably C.E.H. now is the, the kind of probably the clear number one yeah. guy. Um, but, you know, that sort of next, next breaking down of Dobbins and DeAndre Swift, I, thought, yeah, I think this year's running back class is actually you know, very good. And it's almost just the landing spots have kind of sort of shaken it up a bit as to where people are going. I think from a redraft, as you say, Mark Ingram is going to be the main guy, I think, initially. Um, but if you can get both of those guys, that'll, you know, with that handcuff them together, I can see a situation where Ingram starts the year, but then Todd Dobbins takes over. And then if you've got them both, you know, it should just be a seamless kind of continuation. And even when, even if, doesn't pan out exactly like that. I still think they can both offer you value just with the amount of points that the Ravens put up. Even if it's a committee, you know, if you're playing one of them in the flex, you're still going to probably do all right. So what, what do you think about their uh, receiving game? See, well, Brown. I, 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 know you're not as bullish. I know you're not as bullish on Brown as I am. Um, I think Brown is going to be a sleeper wide receiver pick. I think you know. I mean, he's going. He's going later in the draft, uh, mid to late round. Uh, you know, more on the later side from what I've seen. Um, I think he's going to be quiet. He's. He's. he's I think he's. I'm, I'm. At least I'm hoping. I think he's going to turn some. Turn some heads there. Honestly, I actually don't own him in any of my leagues, or any of my dynasty leagues at least. But in redraft, he's one of the guys I'm targeting. Um, I, I, I think. I think he's. He's. You know. I, I, you know. Again, rookie wide receivers are always, always going to struggle a little bit and I, I think he's going to make that second round leap uh, I presume you know Greg Roman there is going to kind of you know kind of, again teach him teach him more of the route tree there and he can make that step but the one person I'm really hoping makes it leap there is Miles Boykin I actually do own a piece of him in one of our leagues but uh, uh, you, you know with that the whole way that all offense is, is you know plays honestly with Jackson back there and all the you know the sooth of Weapons they have at the running back position, and you have Mark Andrews at tight end. Um, I mean, if you're getting any, any, if you're getting Brown, you should get him late. He should be, you know, like a wide receiver three, which I would love to have Brown as a wide receiver three on my, you know, sitting on my bench or possibly starting my flex. And then Miles Boykin, I think, just yeah, you leave him alone in a redraft league. Uh, he's he's someone that you can probably pick off the waiver wire. And um, in a dynasty, if you have the spot, I, I think I think. He's worth getting. I know. I know. You know. There's been a lot of uh, there's a lot of hype with some some of the um, rookies there with uh, Duvernay and uh, Porsche and stuff. But again, COVID and all. Um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see these. You're gonna see all these uh, new you know new new wide receivers in the wide receiver room struggle a little bit, uh, especially starting off. And I think I'm hoping that's where I'm hoping Miles Boykin makes that leap uh, that he should have made last year and the end of last year that you know he did not. It's the thing, yeah. You know, this, 
don't think there's going to be enough targets there to go around to sort of support yeah. Yeah, multiple guys. And for my, my sort of worry with Marquise Brown is, you know, on a, he's a bit too boom bust. He's a bit like a Deshaun Jackson for me in terms of his weekly scoring potential. So he's a kind of guy, you know, if you look at his first game from last year, put up over 30 <laughs> points. That's correct. Um, but there was a lot of sub ten point games there. You know, you are you are riding that roller coaster with him. I know his first year injury, a little bit of injury stuff as well. Didn't really have a proper preseason with the the list Frank injury. You know, he, he was the I think he was wasn't he the first receiver taken in last year's class? Um, always taken in the first round at least. Um, you know, very good route runner. Yeah, the size, he's a, he's a smaller guy, though. So yeah, I, I'm worried that he gets a little bit nicked up as well, injury-wise. He is, um, uh, one, one, again, I think, one, I think one, of the, one, of, one of the statements he did make, or at least what the training staff said, he was injured all of last year. Mm. But, but this, this is my worry with him, is that given his frame, you know, yeah. can he withstand the sort of physicality of it? And if he's, if he's always playing every week nicked up, you know... Is it you know is it is he able to sort of deliver those kind of numbers that you know you know if you let me get me wrong if you're taking him as a in wide receiver three wide receiver four then yeah like I say he offers you that that game winning upside on a weekly basis but I think you know if you are taking him you are running that gauntlet you know he, he could put a you know a two point game on you <laughs> in any yeah. given week and you know and I think if you're going to do it you need other sort of players that you know are consistently going to get you points and he's your sort of high upside dart throw I think is, is how I'd look at it um, and as yeah we touched upon Mark Andrews there um, probably probably their number one wide receiver right in terms of was all receiving option um, probably going as the number two dynasty tight end in a lot of startups yep, uh, or at least, at least three but you know, can argue could be for number two you think Mark Andrews you know continues you know, he solidifies himself now as a the clear dynasty number two tight end. I think so. I think I think this. I, th- I think he has the ability to. Uh, like you said, there there aren't many receptions to go around. But I think if you looked last year, um, one person that Jackson always looked towards um, was Andrews, and I think he was always his first or second option, honestly. And um, or his, 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 you know, if his first option wasn't available, he was o- he was almost you know as he went th- as he went through his progressions, he was you know Andrews was always his second or third or if his favorite option for that matter. So um, I think Andrews will. I think he'll continue to do what he's doing, um, and I mean, you know, he he helps out with the blo- the blocking in the run game and stuff. So as long as you know he's on the field, I think I think he'll get his targets. Okay. All right. So we finish off the uh, AFC North with uh, Cleveland Browns, and uh, let's kick off with your boy Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, for listeners of uh, some of our earlier episodes. You uh, probably would have heard Mo's uh, hot take on on Baker, but uh, what, what do you think? Your, have your views changed a little bit? Or... No, I think um, as long as OBJ doesn't opt out, I think I think uh, I think I think Baker's going to be still all right. I, I think uh, you know you know with, with uh, you know Kevin Stefanski there coming as a head coach, I think they will focus more on the run game, but I think that's going to open up the play action that probably Baker needed last year. You know their old their old line was in terrible shape last. I think a couple key injuries. Um, they lost a long term left tackle. You know they kind of helped kind of secure that through free agency and the draft. Uh, I think he's going to have a better line to start with. Um, he's going to have you know a solid running game. Kareem Hunt and uh, Chubb back there. 
and um, I I, th- I think he'll do well. I don't I don't think um, I, I'm again not again. He's one of those players I'm not sold on. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield as QB draft wise. I mean he's I mean I, I, sometimes he's some leagues he's not even being drafted honestly in one QB league. So he might be one guy. He's another. He's one of the guys. I'm one of the sleeper QBs. I'm kind of keeping an eye out. Uh, you know, eye out for like you know you can grab late in you know. 12, 13, you know, even last, even possibly the last round of the draft or the waiver wire. Um, I think, I think he's he's going to be an interesting aspect. I think he's in the best situation again. It's one of those situations where, um, like, just like Mixon, I think if he's going to sh- if he's going to have if he's going to have the ability to show what he can do, this is it. This is the year. He's got a better O line. He's got his weapons. Odell's healthy. Um, Landry did come back. You know, he he did he did have that surgery off season, but I think everything points to him. You know, ready to go. He's got. Hooper at tight end. He's got Joku as well. If they're probably going to run the two tight end sets, kind of like what they did in Minnesota. Uh, this th- this is his year. If he's if he's going to if he's going to be anything, he has to prove it this year. Oh, and that's the thing. I think you're right. You know, I think they've got a very balanced offense, and we've talked about it before. But it's almost like who on any given week is going to be you know the main guy in the in the receiving game. You know, is it going to be Beckham? Is it going to be Landry? Is it going to be Hooper? Um. But that only, that only bodes well for Baker, right? You've got all these receiving options. You've got the run game, you know, Chubb and Hunt, you know, probably the best running back tandem in the league, um, I'd say. Um, so you could sign Jack Conklin as well, a tackle. So, you know, the, the line's better as well. Stefanski running that sort of um, play action with Kirk Cousins, you know, very similar to what they did over there with Dalvin Cook, Thielen, and Diggs. And obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins put up decent numbers as well. So, as you say, I, th- I think this this is the year now where I think Baker, he's going to make that step up. If this this is it, everything set up for him. I took him in the fourth round in our IDP startup, Superflex. This is my QB, you know, my first QB. I like the value there. You know, I think yeah. I think he's got that upside. Um, you know, he's got the weapons there. Just now needs to put it all together, and I think I think it hurt them last year, obviously with um, you know the play calling. Um, oh yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, hopefully they can kind of kick on this year, and obviously, obviously touched upon Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. There, do you, do you think Chubb is going to you know he's going to put those sort of numbers up again, uh, or do you think Kareem Hunt's going to sort of eat into it's production. Actually, I think we had this conversation during your draft this weekend. Um, I, I, you know, his talent-wise, uh, you know, Chubb is solid. Uh, dynasty perspective, perspective, I think you have, to, you, you know, should get Chubb. In a redraft, you know, after speaking with you, I think you're kind of right. Where I think you're gonna see, you're gonna see um, Hunt kind of carve into some of his, uh, some some of his touches, and that's one thing I don't like. On the flip side, you are. You do have a coaching staff that's going to focus on the run, so um, I think he's going to do well. I, 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 you know, I mean, he's he's probably still going to be a late first, second, early second, you know, in a redraft league. Uh, I, I think you should definitely get him on a dynasty league. I think I think you know I love him on a dynasty perspective. Um, as for you know, I kind of give you, I kind of pose the same question: Would you take Chubb, Mixon, or Jacobs? Or Sanders, for that matter. Uh, how would you rate those and you know those running backs? See, I really like Nick Chubb, but again, it comes down to in a, in a standard league, 
know, like with Josh Jacobs, you know, it's that kind. They're the kind of guys. I'm just worried in a PPR PPR league. You know, when Kareem Hunt came in, and we're seeing you know, nine targets, eight targets, five targets a game. You know, like he he was getting the looks in the receiving game. Now, obviously, with the coaching staff change, and I heard that Hunt was you know um, practicing with the wide receivers, right? So it may be that they lean heavily on Chubb as the running back, and you know. Kareem Hunt always plays as a quasi-wide receiver. But for me, if, if Chubb's not getting that those receptions, and those sort of high-value touches um, in a PPR league, his upside's going to be capped, right? Like, like, like a Derrick Henry as well, that you can put up all the yards you want, but those receptions, those you know, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, that's what sort of elevates you into that Saquon, CMC, Alvin Kamara... Zeke level um, as a pure runner, I, I think he's up there, but I think he just misses those high value sort of touches that's going to elevate him to that next level. But yeah, if, like, if you're picking him up in the second, third round of your drafts, you'd be very happy with him as your number one running back if you took a wide receiver in the first and ended up with him as your second in the second or third. Yeah, I agree. What about uh, wide receivers now? Beckham or Jarvis Landry, or yeah. I guess just throwing Hooper and Joku, or Hooper for that matter. I don't think Joku is really being targeted. Yeah. Uh, in draft. So this is the thing. Like, I know a lot of people have got OBJ having a, a bounce back here. Um, you know, we've obviously talked a lot about Landry being, yeah, that that very underrated wide receiver he always puts up good numbers. Um, my worry is, you know, if they do go down the sort of Vikings model. Sort of run the ball, play action. I don't know if they can support two top, uh, two wide receiver ones. You know, and so I think yep. ta- think talent wise, OBJ is the, the guy. You know, if if he can stay healthy, you know, put it all together. You know, what he showed at, in in New York. You know, the guy's one of the talented, if not the most talented, wide receiver in the game. Can he put those numbers? My, my issue with Beckham as well is I don't think he's had a fully healthy season. I think he's missed time every year he's been in the league. Yeah, that's true. Um, he, he is he's a little injury prone, I guess. Yeah, it's safe to kind of attach that name towards with them. So you know, but then obviously you got Landry coming off the surgery uh, this off season as well. So yeah, okay, so- I, I think. There's going to be value there. But. Most, I think most redrafts, or most drafts for that matter, I've been seeing OB, OBJ and Juju's following. Who are you taking out of those two in redraft and Dynasty? In Dynasty, I'll be taking Juju. Redraft, probably Juju as well, I think. Okay. Just based on, you know, I know what the uh, I know what you're getting from Big Ben. I know what you're getting from Mike Tomlin. Like I like that offense. You know, I've seen Juju do it there. You know, with Big Ben, OBJ. I haven't seen him do it with Baker. Coaching change. Just I still have you know still have a slight hesitation about it. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's that's good analysis right there. I like that. 
What do you think about Austin Hooper then? Obviously, you know, I'm staying away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think for for the for what he's what he's costing you, I think I think um, I, I I'd rather go and look look at my tight end, grab a tight end a little later. Um, they're going to run that t- two tight ends setup that they tried to run last year there with Rudolph and um, uh, was it Irv Smith Jr. there in um, in uh, in Minnesota. I think they're going to try to do something similar here, except here you do have two, you know, you know, veteran uh, tight ends. So I, I think I think it comes to a discussion we've had in the past. I think everyone's going to have a great game, but you don't know when it's going to, when that game is going to come. And I, I don't see you know any of the tight ends or any of the wide receivers, you know, performing consistently game you know game after game. And that's, that's kind of one thing that kind of shies me away from players and when it comes to fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I think for me with Austin Hope. But it was volume based, right? The amount of targets and stuff he got in um, in Atlanta. I was not sure he's going to get that same same um, volume of work. So yeah, I'm definitely staying away from Hooper. I think someone else draft him, and if he pans out, then good for them. But I think there's I think there's enough options at tight end this year that you don't need to necessarily reach for him. All right, so that is the AFC North. So why don't we move over to the NFC, and uh, let's kick off with uh, the Packers. Um, your boy Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, he's one of those. If you look, read a lot of articles, he's one of those QBs people suggest staying away from. Um, honestly, I don't even know if he, you know, he has to get drafted in a redraft league. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I, I wouldn't mind getting him late. I think he's, he's falling around, around the spot where I would expect, uh, well, where I'll be kind of looking at a QB, um, you know, ninth, 10th round. And I, I think I would, I, you know, I would be happy with Aaron Jones. I, you know, he's proven himself, you know, you know, skill wise, you can't, um, uh, you, you know, you, you know, you can't argue with his skills. He's still one of the elite QBs. Only thing, only problem that you have a gripe, only gripe you'll have about him would be his weapons. I mean, you still have Devonte Adams, but Outside of that, you don't have you know a clear cut number two or a tight end to throw to, um, so that that's the only downside with him. But um, I you know I think from where he's being drafted, he's one of the guys I would target. Yeah, I mean I, I love I love Aaron Rodgers' value. You know I think people are sort of saying it a down. You know, and he, you know a down year for Aaron Rodgers is still a very good year by other QB standards. You know it's only because Aaron Rodgers is judged through the lens of Aaron Rodgers being the best fantasy QB, you know, over the last, you know, period of time. So he's consistently was the QB1, the QB2, you know, aside from the season where he was injured. But, you know, the last 10 years, QB1, 2, 3, 4, 4 QB1 finished as the QB1, uh, finished twice as the QB2. QB seven, QB six. Last year he still finished as a QB nine, right? In in, in yeah. our scoring settings. So, as you say, I think I think yeah, he's never had the weapons. As in as in he's, he has had weapons. Obviously, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and stuff previously. Devontae Adams, but they've never gone and drafted um, a true number one wide receiver. You know, it's it's him developing guys, and you know you've got Alan Lazard. You know. They showed some nice stuff last year. Devontae Adams still one of the top receivers in the league. And you've got the young guys in uh, Valdez Scantling, uh, Equinemius and Brown. Um, 
Jay Sternberg, obviously, from the tight end side of things. But Aaron Rodgers, for me, is still an elite guy. Um, I think in a, in a redraft league, he's definitely kind of guy, as you say, you can get. He's going to slide to the point where you're starting to look for a QB, and if you can pick him up, you know that that's great value from what he can give you. I can't see him necessarily flirting with those. You know, I can't see him being the top two or three QBs now going forward. Just think the way they run the offense. Um, it's a little bit more conservative, you know, a bit more more emphasis on the running game, um, but. You know, still, still love Aaron Rodgers. Still think he's gonna have a very productive season. Yeah, I, I think he's that consistent QB play you'd expect. You're not gonna expect, you know, any crazy numbers. But hey, sometimes you want to go with the, you know, the consistent yeah, the, player that gives you, you know, an average number, decent number. Yeah, exactly that, right? You, you know, see Aaron Rodgers, your Matt Ryan's. Yeah, they're, they're not maybe the most sexy picks anymore, but you know what you're getting. You know, it's gonna be consistent. They've been there, they've done it, they put up good numbers, they know what it does to, to win games. And here's the thing, right? Especially if you're in a league that penalizes interceptions, Rogers doesn't throw many picks. Oh yeah, that's true. So um and I guess, you know, we we haven't really touched upon the backup QBs with a lot of the teams because they probably aren't really that relevant, but obviously Jordan Love, um obviously not from the a have in a but, but from a dynasty league, yeah, you know, obviously <laughs> You you sniped him from me in, in our rookie rookie draft um, earlier uh, earlier the summer, but you know can you can you see Jordan Love being being the, the next man up? I think, I think, um, I think kind of kind of kind of what I mentioned um, uh, back in the day. Uh, one thing um, the one thing that Gio knows that he's done well with is is QBs. And any QB, you know, he's kind of gone out of his way to go go, go after. You know, they've done well. I mean, Brett Favre and and Rogers, and I think so, some of the other QBs he's kind of drafted during the year, they weren't like you know, they weren't they weren't going after him in the first round. And you know, since Aaron Rodgers, you know, Love was the next was the next next person that the GM targeted. And I think you know, Aaron Rodgers' contract is up what two three years two years. I mean, gives him perfect time. If you have you know a roster spot, I would stash him. Uh, that might become a little difficult with COVID and all, but I think Jordan Love, uh, he, you know, I think there's, I think I also mentioned uh, there's uh, three QBs I really like this draft, and I think one was Love, and uh, one was Love. Well, one of course was Burrow, and then uh, Tua, but you know, you you have that risk of uh, uh, the injury. But the, you know, my third best, the, the third best QB I liked in this in, in this draft was Love. He just ended up with the, he just didn't end up with the ideal place in. Uh, uh, you, you know, when, when an ideal place you're looking for a, Q, a rookie QB to land in. So, I mean, if, you, if you're patient with them, I think he could pay dividends down the road. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you know what my strategy was, given that I had Aaron Rodgers, he was <laughs> to try and pick him up. Um, they can sit on my bench, and then I've got that backfield, oh, sorry, the QB situation there locked up. Um, I, lo- I love his upside. You know, for me, he's got, he's inconsistent, but you know, sitting behind Rodgers for a few years, Learning from him, developing, you know, that awareness, and you know, he's got the arm, right? He's got the arm talent. Now he's, he's developed the other side of it, and I don't think there's a better place, you know, to, to do that. The only worry is, is that Matt is Matt Lafleur the guy to sort of help him develop and take him to that, you know, that level? I'm not sure. 
but yeah definitely definitely a guy that you know as you say the value you can pick up if you're happy to sort of keep him and be patient could pay dividends in the long run so we might as well carry on with the with the wide receivers you know we sort of touched upon them before but obviously Devontae Adams uh, clear number one guy they're probably going as the wide receiver two or three in a lot of redraft leagues and dynasty leagues behind Michael Thomas you know it's fair to say Adams Nuke Tyreek Hill you know that that's that kind of next tier isn't it yeah you know the only thing that worries maybe a little bit to my terms is, is it the injury you know because he missed, missed time last year um um, he's, he's missed. He's missed time over like, you know, the last three years. Missed two games in 2017. Missed a game in 2018. Missed four games last year. They haven't been major injuries, so I'm not too concerned with them on that end. Uh, uh, I think I think that there's all minor ones here and there, just nagging ones. Hopefully, you know, he has a more injury-free season. Uh, but you kind of expect that with you know just just being in being in uh, up up in. Uh, Lambo, there, the cold weather or not, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna suffer some injuries, and I think hopefully he learns how to take care of his body on that end. But fortunately, it was nothing major, you know, just a couple games here and there. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think he's still. I mean, he's honestly, he's, he's honestly, you know, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target, only target you can make an argument for. But I think he's gonna do well. I mean, still top tier. Uh, the one that I really like is Alan Lazard. He's one of my other sleepers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, let's let's see if he can make that jump or not. It's either it's either him or MBS, and um, uh, that you know right now I think every everything I've seen um, from last year, you know, and also just from when you hear Rogers talking about Lazard, I think I think Lazard might be the next guy to kind of target. If you you know if you don't have Adams, try to get Lazard later in the draft. Yeah, I mean to totally agree that I you know I've targeted Lazard, especially in dynasty leagues, um, late on. You know, it's that guy you can. The upside you're going to get from him as a late late round pick, I think, as you say, the way Rogers talks about him, you know what he showed last season. They've, they've got a young receiving core there behind Devante Adams, and you know it, it could be any one of those guys. But I think Lazard's got, you know, especially now with Funches, um, we signed with them, you know, <laughs> opting out for from COVID. You know, the, the path is there for Lazard, so you know I think his value is probably gone up a little bit off the back of that. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, Devontae Adams, I'll probably be taking him. If I've got a pick late in the first, you know, Devontae Adams is one of the guys, you know, I'd be taking. Because obviously you won't be getting Michael Thomas there, but, you know, if you take Devontae Adams, you know, you know you've got an elite wide receiver there, and I can still see him finishing top five at the position. What, what about Aaron Jones here now? He's, he hasn't been getting that much love there since they drafted A.J. Dillon. Yeah, see, it's a strange one because I'm... I've never been a high guy on Aaron Jones, and I know like he's he finishes the uh, running back two last year in in PPR and absolutely balled out. But he was he was a little bit inconsistent for my for my liking. You know, he had some absolute monster games, but he also had some games where you know he put up nothing at all. And I think now there were them signing. Um, AJ Dillon as well. We still got Jamal Williams there. I think Jones is going into the last year of his uh, rookie rookie contract. So one argument could be that you know 
he's going into that contract year, so he's going to ball out again, and then you know make that sign that big money deal somewhere uh, next year. The other the other thing is you know they they phase him out a little bit because they know they're not going to re-sign him for next year, so you know, run him well they can run him into the ground and then be done with him. So I, I, I like him from a from a redraft perspective. I'd be worried about him in a dynasty perspective. I, I agree. I, I actually own him in Dynasty, and um, I think that you know, if 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 I'm not there fighting for the championship, he's one of those good players that I think I could easily sell off for some rookie, or you know, rookie picks or some you know younger players possibly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I actually do think he's gonna have a good season. I think this he's still gonna have he's still got one solid season here just with the offense the way they run it. You know, COVID, AJ Dillon still being a rookie, he's not gonna be the best blocker coming into it. Um, he, he, I, I do worry that, you know, Jones was the goal line back and now AJ Dillon may vulture him a little bit here and there. That kind of concerns me. Uh, outside of that though, I think, um, I think Aaron Jones will still have a decent, a pretty good season. I mean, this is the thing. He scored 16 touchdowns last year, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's going to be the key, right? If, if he can have those, those, um, replicate that, then you, you should still, you know, have a very, very productive season. But yeah, as I say, just I'm just worried a little bit about his consistency. You know, like I know we like see. I know it's a little bit different level of player, but CMC, Zeke, Saquon, these guys. You know, you know the offense are going to run through them. They're going to put you up solid numbers every week. You know, so a down week will still be 15 to 20 points in PPR. You know, um, but you know, Aaron um, Aaron Jones is upside. So had some absolute monster weeks, you know. If you, you're putting up forty odd points in it in, in a given week, you know that's going to win. That should that should be winning you a matchup. So yeah, I agree. Um, and then any any love for the Titans? Sternberger, <laughs> they obviously signed oh. uh, Deguara in, a, in the rookie draw. I think I'm uh, I'm sending away from that. Uh, I think dynasty wise. You know, you take Stoneberger and 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 the, and and the and the rookie they drafted, but besides that, I'm ooh, I'm staying away from that tight end room. Yeah, see, Sternberger's a guy I like. Um, you know, is upside. You know, for for me, I'd say I've I've always been. If you don't get one of those top guys in in Kelsey or Kittle, maybe Mark Andrews. Now, I'd rather wait and try and take some of these high upside. Guys, you know that you can see you've got a path to relevance, and you know they may not pop. You know, obviously, he was he was injured a lot of last year, but you want them to develop in years two through Johnny Smith, Mike Gesicki's. You know, I think Jay Sternberg is now that that next year removed. He's that that guy, I think. Um, so if you can get get away with him in a late pick in your dynasty leagues, then you know definitely a guy I quite like, uh, just for his um, the opportunity he's got there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the Vikings um, and kick off with Kirk Cousins. What do you, uh, what do you think about Kirk Cousins? In, uh, I know, obviously, redraft, you're going to wait on QB, but you know, is he a guy that you would wait for and, and, and happily take as your as your starting quarterback? Or Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. He uh, doesn't have digs anymore. I keep forgetting that. Um you know, I think he's someone that you can find off the waiver wire. I don't think you need to draft him. He'll be there in redraft leagues. 
Um, Dynasty, uh, he's one of those late QBs you can go after. Uh, I don't like the fact that he doesn't have uh, Diggs anymore. And, you know, you still have uh, uh, Jefferson, who's a rookie, who's actually, right now, he can't even practice because of COVID. So I'm I'm kind of shying away from Kirk Cousins this year. Um, unless, he, you know, he starts to do well, like someone I can kind of pick up from the waiver wire. Yeah, I definitely think he's, he's that kind of QB you can pick up off waivers. The end of Superflex, you know, he's he's a he's that veteran guy you pair with a younger younger upside guy um, for sure. And uh, yeah, so I think losing Diggs hurts him, but at the same time, you know, they've never, you know, especially in the recent, haven't been a, a high volume passing team, and that's always kind of you know what's worried me. And targeting their receivers, you know, I think we're touching it in a second. But Adam Thielen, I mean, this will be miles of move to Thielen now, but I can see him having legitimate top five wide receiver upside. I I, I totally agree. Um, he's being he's being um, drafted way too late for my liking, and um, he's I think he's one guy I'm, I'm I might be reaching for around. I mean, where, where is he going at? Four fifth round or so? Uh, so I think I took him in the fourth round. In our um, our startup, but not in our redraft league just now. Okay. I think so. I started with Zeke, uh, and then I took Nick Chubb in the second, but traded him to CEA, uh, Kelsey. Then I took Nick Chubb. Yeah, and I took uh, Thielen as my first wide receiver in round four, back yeah. end of round four. And for me, I think that is incredible value because he's still going to be Cousins' um, go-to guy. You know, you saw what he did a couple of years ago when he had that ridiculous run where, um, you know, he, he was almost going to break the, break all sorts of records um, kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree with you there. And, and I think um, Tiggs was hurt here and there too, and Thielen stepped up big time. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's – I think we all agree that he's one of the – he's one of our targets that, you know, are being drafted way too late for mm. – um, for 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 his upside, basically, not on that team. Yeah. Do, do you like yeah. anyone else though in a redraft league? Any of the wide receiver? In a redraft league, probably not. Um, you know, I'd say we talked about not not going after rookie receivers. I think I think I like Justin Jefferson's opportunity, but he's definitely a guy. If you're going to do it, you take him late. You know, keep him on your bench and hope that you know he, he flashes enough to kind of develop some develop some playing time. But obviously. Dynasty League, he's, he's an interesting guy to take. He's not at the top of my list of the rookie receivers, but I can see why a lot of people do like him. Um, and the other guy, you know, I think is a bit of a sleeper is uh, BC Johnson. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he did some nice stuff last year. You know, I, I actually think potentially he starts the season as their number two receiver anyway, just because he knows the offense. Uh, obviously, may change as the season goes on, but just a uh, just a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, BC Johnson, you know, definitely a guy if you can pick him up, you're getting for pennies on the dollar in a in a dynasty league. Um, you know, he, he did he did all right when he when he played last year, so definitely an upside guy. Oh, I like that. Uh, I like that. Tight ends, though. What about tight ends? Tight ends, staying away. You know, in dynasty league, Earth Smith's the guy I want. On, I think uh, to be honest, I think he's getting drafted higher than where I'd want to take him. You know, but yeah, I think out the two, you know, Carl Rudolph's always just been a a touchdown on a bus kind of guy. Yep, I agree. 
And, and then, uh, obviously, see the, the running game. See Dalvin Cook. I, I, I think this, this, this goes to another one of those where, I mean, yeah, he's an elite talent. I think, you know, he's still going to go, you know, first round, top four or five running backs off the board. Um, I think you have to get Matheson, though. Yeah. Just because of COVID and whatnot. And I think, you know, injury concerns, uh, Matheson would not be, it would, would be an ideal handcuff there. You know, and, you, and you should be able to pick him up quite late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I know you, you sold Dalvin Cook um, this season for Miles Sanders in the first round pick, right? Yep. Got Rhaegar um, and uh, and Miles Sanders. I thought I did all right with that. Yeah, no, see, I, I like that trade. You know, I think I think you've sold Cook at his high, which is uh, I think is smart. I like I like the way Miles Sanders is trending. So you know, Cook Cook is is you know, it looks like an elite back, but the injury, you know. The injury risk. If you get to the playoffs and he gets injured, it's not going to help your team, right? So, he's, um, yeah, definitely, you know, as you say, you definitely, if you're going to be drafting him in the first round, but you definitely want to be taking uh, Madison as a handcuff. Yep. Um, all right, so let's move on to the Bears. So, probably the, the first situation where the quarterback situation is a little bit murky. So, who starts, Trubisky or Foles? Oh man, I think it's going to be Foles. I think I think they picked him up for a reason. They trade, they you know, they made that trade with Jacksonville for a reason. You know, he's pr- a pretty decent cap hit. At the same time, I think I, I think what they need to do is they need to start off with Foles, see if they have a Super Bowl or playoff caliber team. If they don't, then I, I would say midway they're probably going to transition to Mitch uh, Trubisky. I mean, unless somehow Mitch Trubisky just somehow beats out Foles and pre, I, I, you know, at the moment from everything I hear is that it's an open, it's you know, it's it's open um, season there at the QB position uh, between uh, you know between both Mitch and Nick. So you know anyone could take it, but I, I think Nick is going to win that one, and I think hopefully it might even better Mitch just sit behind you know a veteran QB, learn from him. And then uh, you know if, if, if I can see I can see Chicago if they don't they're not playoff bound I think they can make that switch to see if it's even worth uh, you know keeping uh, Trubisky after the season. Yeah, it's definitely um, definitely a QB situation that I want to stay well away from. Yeah, <laughs> I just I think even if you know whoever starts, I'm still not sure they're going to necessarily have you know be that relevant. Um, definitely a kind of guy that you're going to have on you know in a super flex league as your third or fourth kind of, you know, their, their bench depth rather than, you know, if you're relying on them as your, as your starter. Um, but so, okay. So then what, what do you think that does for Alan Robinson and Anthony Miller and stuff? You know, if they have Nick Foles under center rather than Trubisky, do you, do you think that can catapult Robinson, you know, into that wide consistent wide receiver one elite category? Or... I, 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 I believe so. I mean, honestly, he was pretty much borderline wide receiver one last year. He was the most consistent wide receiver, uh, I think, out of out of all the wide receivers out there last year. If you look on a consistent basis of average number of points given per game, he never had that blow-off game or he never had that underachieving game. He just consistently produced. And I think that was what so, so, was so likable about him last year. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for I, – I would definitely target Allen, Allen Robinson. However, I mean, now, I mean, I, I think I just got him last year in a dynasty. It's such great value. That kind of feel like, oh man, I'm overpaying from this year, uh, drafting mm-hmm. him early. But I think he's going to be solid producer. Um, that offense, you know, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball. 
you know, they, you know, he is the elite number one. You know, the only reason people forgot about him was because of his ACL tear there in Jacksonville, and he never had he never had a QB to throw to in Jacksonville, and again he never had a he never had a QB to throw you know that threw to him in in Chicago here, and, um, and he's still putting up decent numbers. Uh, so I think I think Nick Foles will would only make him better, and uh, and Mitch really likes Allen Robinson, and they have good chemistry. So if Mitch can improve, that will make Allen you know that much better as well. So I think he's a solid wide receiver. You have to you have to kind of consider taking there. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love Allen Robinson. Um, as you say, very consistent. You know, he's he's put up two wide receiver one finishes, playing with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> so you know, this, this is a guy that can elevate his play. You know, with the quarterbacks he's playing with. Um, so I guess you know, if, you, if I'm looking at say fantasy pros ADP, he's going in that region with Juju, OBJ, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. Would you take him over those guys? I see that he's a little too high for me. That's that's the part I don't like. Um, oh man, as much as I love him, I I I. I don't think so. Wide, wide receiver 15 is where he's going at the moment in, in fantasy pros ADP. Yeah, see, I almost like Juju better. I like OBJ better. Um, I, I, I can't. I, that, that's my only grab I have about him is I think his ADP is just slightly too high for me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, I, I think wide, wide receiver 15 is probably about fair value, I think. You know, I think I can see him outperforming that. I, 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 I agree. I can see but, that. I think, but I think yeah, you're, you he's he's about right there. I, I know what you mean. If you you know you're probably getting him last year, he's you know it's a wide receiver twenty five or something, and finishes the wide receiver nine or, or whatever it was. Um, and then any, any other sort of any anything else on the receiving options you like? Anthony Miller, obviously. Um, Ted Ginn. I, I think I uh, staying away from Ted Ginn. Anthony Miller, I kind of like you know in a dynasty format. I don't see much relevance in. Uh, in a uh, in a redraft, unless you know Robinson gets injured or Foles just you know has a you know just has amazing chemistry with Miller, um, then I could see Miller uh, kind of vaulting up there. But I think again he's someone they can probably pick up on the waiver wire, so I'm not too concerned. Yeah. <laughs> tight end wise, let's just skip that. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me who the tight end's gonna. You tell me which tight end's gonna even start. I, I guess oh, it'd be Jimmy Graham, but. Uh, I oh, mean, man. Jimmy Graham can't even walk anymore. But I mean, this <laughs> thing, it, was, it was a weird one. Obviously, they signed Jimmy Graham and then they spent, I think, a second round pick on Cole Komet. See, from a dynasty perspective, Komet's the uh, main man, right? The, um, yeah, I, I think so. Um, but he talked about it's quite a wide tight end class, right? But he's probably the guy that you want out of there. Dynasty league. Um, and, and so I think they still have seven or eight tight ends on their roster still. I know that I don't know they traded one or cut one, but man, that's and commit. I think he's more of a blocking tight end over a receiving tight end in college. I don't know too much about him. In uh, I haven't even watched too much of uh, of, of his tape uh, back in college, but um, I want to say you know he's uh, he's he's great at blocking, but I'm not, I'm not so I'm not sold on his receiving. Mm. Yeah, I think I think as you said, right, probably Troutman's probably the the receiving tight end in this class. I think probably commits the the best all-round tight end, you know. So with that argument, you know, he, he should be on the field for for more more plays. Um, but yeah, I think I think from a redraft perspective, you know, you're staying away from the tight end group. And then the running back situation, you know, can you see David Montgomery making that 
that step up now. You know, I I think so. I think again, if, I I believe so. I think he's at he's got that first year under his belt. I think Terry Cohen is gonna be quite real. Um, I think he's gonna kind of cut in a little bit as well his touches. But I think Montgomery is gonna be much better. Um, you know, my original thought was always Montgomery's gonna do very well, but. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, the only thing I kind of concern that kind of concerns me is Tariq Cohen. You know, you know, kind of carving, uh, taking taking a good chunk of the touches from from uh, Montgomery, and I think Nick Foles also likes kind of you know you know kind of just dropping it off at the running to the running back, and he's dropping it off at Tariq over David. Um, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, see, I really like David Montgomery. I think you know I, I targeted him last year in drafts, and yeah, there's a few reasons, but they traded up to get him. I know they've they've got Tariq Cohen. He, you know, he's he's one of the best receiving backs in the league. But I think with David Montgomery, they went after him for a reason. They, I think he's a guy you can definitely get for very good value this year, because obviously after last year, and I think it was a function of obviously rookie season, but obviously poor quarterback play. You know, the Bears' offense stank last year, right? So it's very hard for a, a rookie running back to kind of get going in that environment. And I think with the season under his belt. You know, hopefully Nick Foles coming in, you know, that, that reliable QB there. Um, I think, you know, that only bodes well for Montgomery. I, I can't see him finishing as a a running back one, but, you know, if he he should be a solid running back two for you. You know, you can pick up later on and you can play him as the RB2, you can play him as a flex. He, you're probably drafting him as a bench player, if I'm honest. Um and, you know, I think he'll give you some nice value. Dynasty leagues, I think, you know, he's, he's again, a nice guy you can target, again, as a, to build out the depth on your squad. But I wouldn't, oh, yeah, I, I'm not taking David Montgomery with the view that I'm taking this guy and he could finish as a, a top-five running back, but you're taking him knowing, knowing what you're going to get, and I think that will be just a nice, solid bit of production. Yeah, no, I agree. Right, and then that leaves us with the the Lions. Um, so obviously Matt Stafford, uh, quarterback. He's off the COVID list. He is indeed. Um, um, he uh, he's going to be money. I think he's going undrafted or drafted very late. I another one of those just QBs that I think uh, it's, he's be, he's, it's he's strange. You say that, but all the leagues I've seen him, he's actually. He's going very high. It's almost gone the other way. Where really? So he was definitely a guy I was looking at as a sleeper. You, know, you can target later on. Yeah, you know, in, in super flex leagues, you know, you take a, a younger guy and then he's in that sort of veteran kind of guy that falls a little bit. And you can pick him up. You know, in our IDP league, he went above Matt Ryan, above Aaron Jones, Jared Goff, and these kind of guys. I know. I know the guy's picking at the turn, so obviously he just kind of probably reached for him because he wanted him. In our redraft league, he went quite early as well. I, I I like Matt Stafford, you know, this season. I think you know what he did before he got injured last year. He um he was money. He's got Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, see now DeAndre Swift there. I, you know, I think they've got some nice weapons. Obviously, um, tight end as well in Hawkinson. So he's got weapons. Um, yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I think he's got. He, he should have a big year. You know, injuries aside, I think he should have a great year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, def- definitely a guy to target in redraft for sure. And then obviously dynasty leagues, if you can pick him up, um, 
you know, he, he's that veteran QB, I think, you know, he'll, he'll do you very well. Um, your wide receivers, obviously, Kenny Golladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. Kenny Golladay, can he finish him as a top five wide receiver, do you think, or not? Ooh, man, that's pushing it. I would love to see that. Uh, I, I, I just... I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I, I I would love to see that. Um, he he's he's got that you know he's got that ability. He's 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 learned the system well. I, I think he's built great chemistry um, with Stafford there. Um, oh man, I, I would love to see it. But I I just don't know. I, I don't know about top five. I think I think for sure he can he can easily get um, uh, top ten. I think I think he's a wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he finished as the the ninth wide receiver in PPR and the third in standard year. standard scoring last year, right? I mean, yeah, I absolutely love Kenny Golladay. Um, you know, you, I thought you got amazing value with him taking him in the think the fourth round in yeah, the IDP. Fourth round, yeah. I mean, him, you know, and... him and Julio, right? It's... <laughs> I mean, this this is it. The, the, I think you know the one lesson I would say from what I've seen and you know what I've been drafting is you know wide receiver talent will be there in your middle rounds. So actually, if you can get yourself an elite running back in rounds one or two, you should definitely be taking that opportunity. I agree. You, yeah, I totally agree. You know, like, um, for example, in the IDP, I took Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, and then DJ Moore. Uh, if I take and say um, Josh Jacobs in the second or even Zeke in the first, and then end up with Kenny Golladay in the fourth, you know, as my as my third wide receiver, I'd have been much happier with that probably. So yeah, definitely a lot of value there. Um, Marvin Jones, any any interest? Um, uh, I could, I, I could see him as a late. Uh, I think he's a good wide receiver for. Um, he just you like the consistency there. So you know he'll have those big games, those crazy. Crazy games here now and then, but um, I, I could, I, I could, I wouldn't mind getting him as a late flyer. Yeah, definitely. definitely. In, in redraft, yeah. Yeah, and he, even in dynasty, right? Like again, he's a guy that if you're a contender and you can get him cheap, you know, maybe giving up a, a, a young rookie or something, he's the kind of guy that can set you over the edge. If you're a bit rebuild, you know, he's a guy you should look to offload to someone like that. Um, and then obviously the running backs. Uh, signed DeAndre Swift uh, uh-huh. to Perry and Johnson there. So obviously, talk coming into the rookie draft was DeAndre Swift's the best running back in the class. Um, obviously, going to a bit of a, a crowded situation there. But do you like these guys? You know, is, who, who do you see? Can you see them hurting each other? I, I think so. I, I think it's, again, I think it kind of goes back to original um, talk about you know. I think if you if you're picking any of these rookie, these top four rookie running backs. I think you have to get their veteran from them later in the draft. Um, personally, I think after doing a couple of re- doing a lot of research here the last past weeks, I'm gonna try to avoid any of these rookie running backs um, unless you just you know just I'm just getting great value for it because I think you know with the lack of roster space we're looking at you know this year with COVID and all, I don't I honestly do not want to you know give up that take up that you know have have another veteran running back or a handcuff taking up that extra spot on my mm-hmm. roster. Yeah. So I'm almost going to try to uh, try to target some of these, you know, some of these earlier, you know, one running back, you know, studs, you know, veteran ones that I know are not going to be competing or chopping at the bits to get touches. I'm going to try to target them early and then kind of pick up something like a Jordan Howard or someone later on. So so when it comes to again, you know, I, you know, I love the talent dynasty. Yes, you're taking you're taking Swift. 
And again, you can take carry on later on. Um, ideally, I, I would. Um, in a redraft, I'm probably going to stay away. But if you are going to take them, just just remember, I think you may have to take both because you might be starting Johnson carry on to start with, and, um, and and then you you can see you know, and especially if he gets injured, Swift will come in and probably take that you know take that starting role then. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. And then uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson, obviously, you know, very highly touted uh, rookie coming in last year. I think his first game was an absolute monster, and then didn't quite really do too much after that. But uh, do you, any relevance in redraft? Do you think this year? Um, I th- I think so, honestly. Um, uh, again, but he, I think um, I think what I would do with him is uh, is possibly. I mean, he should be available on the waiver, honestly. Or you know, you know, you're looking at maybe a late round, you know, or your second tight end, if anything. Um, I, I think the upside's there with him. That's and I think that's why I love Stafford. I think he's got look at him. I mean, he's got Galladay, uh, wide receiver one. He got Marvin Jones. You know, you know, he he's going to do well. You got Amadola, and you got Hawkinson, who just he just kind of had a very in, injury riddled, you know, first season, mm-hmm. uh, rookie season. So, uh, but yeah, I I, th- I think he's a great, you know. Probably a a, sec, a backup tight end to have on your roster, or again someone you can probably you know pick up on the waiver wire. Honestly, you, you're not going to see you're not going to really see him drafted. Yep, definitely. All right, well that is uh, that concludes our roundup of the AFC North and the NFC North. Um, so hopefully, we'll have Amir and Paul back with us next week. Um, Buck, shout out for you, mate. Uh, we've been discussing some uh, some thoughts about the challenge we're going to set for you. So we'll, uh, we'll save that for next week's episode when, uh, when everyone's back and uh, put that to you. And obviously, um, you know, continuing, uh, we've partnered up with the DC presidents, um, doing some great work um, content-wise and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully we can uh, spice things up with that challenge and uh, compete over the season. But, uh, yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining, giving analysis. Well, thank you, sir, for filling in uh, with our, for, for our gracious host there, Amir. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot easier with he just, a, he just the did big man's here. <laughs> he's still trying to find an excuse why he never drafted a running back uh, in your little redraft league. Exactly. So he's exactly. hoping we all forget about it. No, don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll quiz him about that on next week's episode. <laughs> right, guys. Well, I'm signing off. So for me, uh, good evening, Mike. Giddy up. Catch you guys later.